All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Championing the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Good evening, fellow Neanderthals. Since this is our last episode before the holiday, Merry, Merry Christmas and welcome to the John Whitmer Show. We're happy you joined us this evening here at your local liberal resistance headquarters where we proudly champion the conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. We're pleased to have you with us this evening. If you'd like to call in, our studio lines are open. You can reach us at 316-869-1330 by email at john at knssradio.com, on Facebook at The John Whitmer Show, and on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Reach out. I'd love to hear from you. We've got a great show planned for you tonight. Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts will be with us. I had a conversation with him earlier this week. We had an opportunity to talk about the new Politico survey that says Nebraska leads the nation in pandemic response. And uh, we talked about that, talked about his recent endorsement of Derek Schmidt for governor of Kansas. It was a great conversation. We'll play that for you to kick off our 8 o'clock hour. Curtis Houck from Newsbusters will announce which broadcast network earned the dubious honor of worst quote of the year, which they're calling the Chris Cuomo Memorial Award for Worst Quote of the Year. It's the Fredo Award. That's appropriately named at any rate. So we'll talk with Curtis here coming up in a few minutes. Joel Griffith from the Heritage Foundation is going to explain the report released last week that showed that inflation has hit a 40-year high in November and what that, you know, break down those numbers, what that means for your pocketbook. Podcast host Tom Mullen is going to join us to discuss the new poll by Fairleigh Dickinson University that shows large percentages of Americans believe there is, in fact, a war on Christmas. And there's some real numbers, surprising numbers, actually, that uh, he'll break down for us. And Eric Pauls will be joining us later this hour to reflect on serving as a pallbearer at the funeral of former Senator Bob Dole, in Washington, D.C. It's, uh, I, I think this will be a fascinating conversation. I've known Eric for quite some time, and he knew Bob Dole for well over a decade, had the opportunity to serve as a pallbearer at the uh, memorial services up in D.C., and I wanted to get his reflections as we wrap up our, our Christmas month, and uh, I just I thought it would be kind of fascinating to hear some of those personal reflections. And, of course, we'll do our best to take your calls as well, 316 869 1330 on the 45s, we'll be taking your calls. Um, next week as, as, is Christmas, obviously. Um, enjoy it 
while it lasts, because if liberals like you know Brandon Whipple, Lacey Cruz, uh, Joe Biden have their way, the traditional trappings of Christmas seem to be on their way out. It, it's not popular anymore. Uh, the, it seems like there there is, in fact, a war on Christmas. Many on the left don't like it, in part because it's got the word Christ in it. And folks on the left object to the traditions of Christmas because of the fact that, A, it's traditional, and, B, it's Christ-related. If it was, you know, non-denominational or secular, they'd probably have no problem with it. But many on the left today object to anything that, that is traditional. And political correctness has just gone too far. It's traveled from Washington, D.C. swamps to the frigid Arctic north of the North Pole, and it's infected so so much so, even so, Chris Kringle, uh, the next thing you know, Santa will be demanding that kids leave out non-fat soy milk and vegan snack bites in lieu of milk and cookies. That's really how bad this is getting. And it'll fit right in with Santa's new lunar-powered sleigh that doesn't exploit animal labor. You know, I mean, it, it, literally, this is how bad it's getting. I, I'm, I'm fully expecting at some point them to ban Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer because it picks on people with red noses. I mean, this is how obnoxious the left has become. Um, you know, his, his he's going to now be whisking from rooftop to rooftop wearing eco-friendly sourced plant-based red and white fleece outfits that he buys at Target because, you know, they're they're more environmentally friendly that that's that's the kind of nonsense that we're hearing out of the left and don't be surprised if cities like wichita especially with mayor whipple's new democrat majority start trying to destroy our traditional norms under the guise of inclusion and diversity i mean we've already got that asinine non-discrimination or non-discrimination order along those lines my sneaky christmas elves have obtained a sneak peek of the city of Wichita's proposed non-discrimination order regarding holiday displays. Apparently, Brandon Whipple has an idea. He wants to revise what's allowed and not allowed as a way of your Christmas displays, your outdoor Christmas displays, specifically the dangerous lawn displays that are infecting our communities. These rules are right up Brandon Whipple's alley, folk. And uh, he, he, he's out to get them, I'm telling you. You will be allowed to display snow persons, but not snowmen, as they do not respect non-binary, cisgender, or gender-fluid snow people. So keep that in mind. Parents cannot allow, cannot display presents, traditional Christmas presents. You cannot display them openly outside your home because they represent the oppression of our capitalist system and our material objects. And after all, materialism is a sin, as is capitalism. Depictions of Santa are strictly outlawed. Santa is, after all, male, and males are born oppressors. Santa is also white, and white people are behind everything bad. So you cannot have Santa displayed in any way in public view. Furthermore, the traditional depiction of Santa is fat phobic and fat shaming. So Santa's out. Can't have the inflatable Santa on your lawn. Got to get rid of it. The city suggests Santa be replaced by a transsexual version of Mother Nature teaching kids how to cook gluten-free cookies. So if, if you've got gluten-free cookies from a transsexual Mother Nature, that is inflatable versions of that will be made available. Now let's talk nativity scenes. Apparently the whole nativity scene is going to be scrapped. 
Starting at the top, there's a problem with the angel. Angels are widely regarded as religious symbols, and uh, obviously the stable will be in public view where such religious symbols can be deemed offensive and therefore not allowed to hover or land, for that matter. So no angels can't have an angel on your nativity scene. As for the manger itself, though the depiction of a newborn baby is objectionable, because it implies motherhood and promotes the patriarchy, the baby Jesus themselves, and again, it's themselves, is allowed as long as it follows strict rules. First, ethnically accurate Jesus, and it must be ethnically accurate, goes in the middle with Father Mary on the right and Mother Josephine on the left. Again, these rules, uh, the new Jesus has two mothers, so you have to make sure you have it properly displayed. If you do, then it's acceptable. You are not allowed to display animals in your manger because the uses of asses and oxen, so Democrats basically, the uses of asses and oxen as picturesque backdrops for nativity scenes carries these subliminal messages of human dominance, which you know, PETA would just, I mean, they'll flip out if you do that. Furthermore, since manger births are an invasion of animal space and stables are penned environments where animals are incarcerated against their will, stables cannot be used either. So you can't have stables and you can't have any penned environments because that's offensive to animals and animal lovers. And, of course, you wouldn't want PETA to come after you. The three genderless wise people are allowed but must be properly identified as undocumented immigrants who are there to oppose their Roman oppressors. So you must, as long as you properly identify them, they can be there as long as, the, as long as they're genderless wise people. That's the key. You have to make sure you properly identify them. And lastly, in your nativity scene, you are allowed to have the little drummer them. God forbid we actually call a boy a, a boy. So, you know, there you go, folks. There's your new nativity scene. It's a woke Christmas after all. We'll be taking calls at 745. In the meantime, coming up after the break, Joel Griffith from the Heritage Foundation will explain the report released last week showing inflation has hit a near 40-year high. You're listening to, speaking of high, yeah, nativity scenes. The left. You're listening to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. There's no room for quitters on a job site, not on the crew and not in the toolbox. When a job gets tough, I respond with force. My Master Force tools deliver power, performance, and durability that doesn't quit. Tools like my 20 volt cordless hammer drill. The brushless motor technology in that drill gives me up to 30% more power and one and a half times the battery life. Professionals need tools they can rely on. Masterforce Tools, available at Menards. Stephen Ted Mornings. You can rightfully say that a Massachusetts cannabis company celebrated National Brownie Day in high style. Maribed Inc. hailed yesterday's holiday by making what it says is the largest THC-infused brownie ever made. The brownie, which was baked, is 3 feet by 3 feet and 15 inches tall. Mm. It's a big brownie. Mm. It weighs 850 pounds, contains 20,000 milligrams of THC. Make you feel good. Stephen Ted in the morning on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. 
Sometimes I think it'd be better if the morning news on KNSS had never been born. I claim this institution is not necessary to this town. Therefore, I make a motion to dissolve this institution and turn its assets and liabilities over to the receiver. J- j- just think about all the money we're spending on personnel to operate this huge production known as the morning news. I want to hire you. I'll start you out at $20,000 a year. And we could hire a guy like Steve McIntosh to be the host. Because, you know, sir, he's got the IQ of a rabbit. Yes, but he's got the faith of a child. Simple. We just can't lose the morning news. Don't you see what a mistake it would be to throw it away? I know what I'm going to do today and tomorrow morning. And the morning after that, I'm going to shake the dust off this crummy little radio and listen to the morning news one weekday mornings from 6 to 9 on KNSS. There must be some easier way for me to get my wings. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Don't forget, if you ever... 54 convertible, yeah, not in this economy. If you ever miss an episode, you can always visit knssradio.com. You'll find a link to podcasts of all our current episodes there. Make sure if you'd like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. That's the best way to stay informed on all the latest show updates. You know, this whole wish list, Dave, of of Santa baby items, they all cost like 40% more right now. I'm telling you. This this chick's wish list has just gotten like a lot more expensive. (laughs) So economic indicators released last Friday show that inflation hit a near 40-year high in November. Consumer prices rose 6.8% from the same period a year earlier, up significantly from the 5.1% projected by the National Association for Business Economics just three months ago. The core price index jumped to 4.9%, the highest increase since 1991. Joining us now to walk us through these numbers is Joel Griffith. He's a research fellow with Heritage's Rowe Institute for Economic Policy Studies. Joel, thank you for joining us this evening. Merry Christmas. It's nice to have you back on the show again, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me, and Happy New Year to you. Yes, likewise. So Santa Baby's gifts are going to be a heck of a lot more expensive this year, right, Joel? Well, here's the really interesting thing, Uh Prices overall, as measured by uh, the Consumer Price Index, uh, for toys, on first glance, they're actually not so bad, up about 1.3% year over year. But here's, here's the kicker. Uh, this is the first time since 1997 that that Christmas toy shopping has actually gotten more expensive. Toys are one of the very few segments of the economy. If you look at a long-term chart where you actually see consistently, year in and year out, toys have become less expensive so the fact that those toys are going to cost you more this year overall that is the first time since 1997 that christmas toy shopping has become more expensive wow 
Yeah. And, and, you know, if you ask Joe Biden, this is not a problem. This is a short term problem. I mean, it's if you, <laughs> under his leadership. And, and I use that word loosely. You know, the cost of living has increased at the steepest rate uh, more than three decades. And, you know, they, they just want to keep spending, which we all know the more you spend, it just drives inflation because it's these are false numbers. They're just using taxpayer money to do this. And so it, that's all the what this contributes to. I, I mean, Americans have a good reason to worry about inflation, don't they? They just keep throwing more money at well, this problem. You're right. They have a very good reason um, to worry about it. Inflation has been a problem for a long time. It's just that we're noticing it now because the increase in prices is outpacing the increase in wages. So most American families have actually taken a hit to their standard of living over the past year. And you're exactly right. Government spending fuels this. Now, government spending in and of itself is not inflationary. If the government is taxing and spending, that's harmful, but it doesn't result necessarily in increased prices. But what we've done over the past year and a half especially is we've had our central bank print money. They use that money to buy government bonds. The government then spends that money. That yields higher inflation. It's not the only culprit behind what we've seen over the past year and a half, but it's part of it. And I'll tell you what, too, um, those inflation numbers don't even factor in everything. Uh, For instance, uh, rental costs still aren't being fully factored in because a lot of leases are expiring, and people are realizing you're renewing your leases across much of the country. That one-bedroom, that two-bedroom apartment, is about 25 to 30 percent higher in numerous cities across the country. And if you're going to buy a house, well, good luck. Uh, we, we see record, record home prices um, uh, that we've never seen, even at the last housing bubble. We've actually eclipsed in real terms in most markets the highest levels of the last housing bubbles more than a decade ago. Yeah, no, I mean, my wife and I own a rental property here in Wichita, and we have a new tenant. And we took the opportunity. We hadn't raised the rent in three years, but with a new tenant, we thought, well, we'll renovate a little bit and fix it up a little bit. And uh, we were able to raise the rent by $300. And we put it on the market, and literally the same day we put it on the market, we leased it at the new rent. So uh, obviously the market's there, but it does say something that we were able to take essentially the same home and release it at $300 or more in rent. Um, And... But it well, says a lot. Part of the, and part of the reason for that, not the only reason, part of the reason is that we've had our central bank have, has actually purchased well over a trillion dollars worth of mortgage-backed securities over this past year and a half. So on that, that then injects more money into the housing market. Uh, so government uh, has caused many of the problems that we're seeing right now in terms of higher prices and also the shortage of goods on the shelves. And also the shortage of labor, which is a problem, not just if you're a business owner, but if you're looking to get a bite to eat, you're probably noticing the service has gone downhill. Not because the servers are poor quality. There's just fewer of them. Yeah, I've noticed that, too. And the price to eat out has gone up. And just this week, the price of gasoline is up 50 percent. Home delivered natural gas up 28 percent from October to November. Food prices rose 1.2 percent. Energy prices rose 2.6 percent. And these numbers are on top of the already high prices from earlier this year. So it just, you know, you hear, oh, it's only 1.2%. Well, that's 1.2% since October, and October was yeah. higher from, you know, July. So it's just stacking on on top of what we've seen over last year, for example. 
Yeah, and, and even though some of these uh, prices, possibly the inflation rate, maybe it will come down over the next year. But what this administration has been doing um, on policy measures guarantee that our economy is going to have a harder time growing, which when you suppress supply of goods and services, that also yields higher prices. And from day one, we talk about energy. Most of us have, uh, up until Biden came into office, we had really grown accustomed to more affordable energy to heat our homes, to drive our cars. And uh, the, on day one, the Biden administration made a decision to try to kill, and actually did kill, the Keystone Pipeline that would have brought in decades' worth of oil from Canada into the United States. And, of course, they've also tried to kill drilling projects in federal lands. And we might not see the immediate impact of that in prices. There's other factors at play. But longer term, they are doing their best to restrict the ability of us to get abundant sources of energy. And that's repeated really throughout every other business sector. If you look at all the regulations, the taxes, that all serves to depress supply of goods and services, which results in our cost of living going up. We're talking with Joel Griffith from the Heritage Foundation. Let me let me ask you this, Joel. Consumer prices increased by 6.8% in November compared to last year. That's the largest increase annual increase in over 39 years. The Biden administration would like us to believe this is a short-term blip. That's what Jen Psaki said recently. This is short-term. By you know next year, it's going to be gone. We're going to be back to normal. Do you see any indication this is a short-term problem at all? Well, here's what uh, the rhetoric is misleading. Even if the inflation rate, let's say, goes from close to 9% back down to 3%, well, if your income, which over this past year overall, most people saw, say, a 3 to 5% increase in income, meaning their standard of living went down by several percentage points. If your income never closes the gap from this year, even if the inflation rate comes back down to what we were used to longer term, if you never close that gap in lost wages this year, that is a permanent impact on your standard of living. Yeah. So when they talk about transitory inflation, they don't mean – that your wages are definitely going to catch up with what you lost this last year. And what they also don't mean, they don't mean that those prices are going to come back down to where they were before. They're just saying, all oh, that rate of increase is going to become lower. Well, that's still a very real hit to American workers. So they say they have a plan to address these problems. I, I don't know, maybe they'll put Kamala Harris in charge. She, <laughs> she's done a bang-up yeah. job fixing the border. Well, do they have a plan? I mean, is there anything they can actually well, do? <laughs> Well, they, they've they've made these uh these these claims that not only will three trillion plus of additional spending, yeah. not only will it cost nothing, they're saying it will actually remedy the inflation problem. Well, <laughs> look at what they propose. I mean, by every left wing, right wing economics group, this is going to cost trillions of dollars. We're not paying for it with taxes. There's no way we're going to be able to hike taxes like that. We're going to pay for it by borrowing more and printing more. When you do that, when, especially when you print more, that has an upward increase on price. So they're telling a bald-faced lie, lying to the American people. And I think people are catching on. We've noticed the impact. We've found it harder to buy goods. We see prices increasing. I hope we're beginning to realize there's really no such thing as a free lunch. We're paying for it in terms of higher prices. And this is the worst type of taxation because those people that are responsible and you save, you put money in your checking account, you're making a percent a year on interest if you're lucky, and that savings is diminishing in value year in and year out, thanks largely to these awful government policies. 
Well, Joel, thank you again for joining us this evening, for kind of walking us through these numbers. If folks want to connect with you, they can find you guys at heritage.org, and you're on Twitter at Joel Griffith if they want to find you personally, correct? Yes, sir. I, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you again for joining us this evening. Merry Christmas, my friend. Carry on the fight. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you. We'll be taking your calls at 745. In the meantime, coming up after the break, Eric Pauls will be with us to reflect on serving as a pallbearer at the funeral of former Senator Bob Dole in Washington, D.C. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this. Have you or a loved one been seriously injured in an accident? Then you need attorneys you can trust to protect your future and provide for your family. I'm Matt Bretz from Bretz Injury Law. With more than 30 years of experience, we've helped injured Kansans recover more than $250 million for lost wages, for medical treatment, and for their futures. Don't wait. Call Bretz Injury Law today at 316-266-4111. Bretz Injury Law, who you need when you are in need. The only place you'll find KNSS Radio Online is through the Odyssey app. Download it now. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. KNSS Weather is brought to you by Edelman Financial Services. We've got fair weather coming up over the next few days, and our daytime highs will be on a warming trend with high pressure in place, mid-20s, and clear for the overnight low. And then Monday, we're expecting low 50s. Should get plenty of sunshine. Sunny and mid-50s on Tuesday and Wednesday. This is KNSS meteorologist Steve Hamilton. News. I'm Kathleen Maloney. Democratic Senator Joe Manchin setting off political shockwaves by announcing on Fox News Sunday that there's no way he can support the president's $2 trillion social spending package. Lawmaker reaction ranges from relief on the right to the left, where some still think that Manchin could be swayed. And on the far left, his decision is being taken as pure betrayal. Fox's Alexandria Hoff. President Biden will address the nation Tuesday about the rapidly spreading Omicron variant of COVID-19. Colorado Governor Jared Polis wants him to strongly advise everyone to get fully vaccinated. It looks like from everything that we know that to uh, significantly reduce the risk of the Omicron variant, three doses of the vaccine are needed. Governor Polis on NBC's Meet the Press. America is listening to Fox News. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Live Sunday nights, this is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Want to remind you, you can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. You'll find podcast links to all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page. And follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. Well, last week, one of Kansas's favorite sons, former Senator Bob Dole, was laid to rest after a week of ceremonies that included two days of tributes reserved for Washington's most consequential and revered dignitaries, including laying in state in the Capitol Rotunda. Joining us now to share some personal reflections on both the ceremonies and the incredible life led by Senator Dole is Eric Pauls, who was a personal friend and served as a pallbearer at the funeral. Eric, Merry Christmas, brother, and Thank you for joining us this evening, my friend. Merry Christmas, John. Good to be with you. So, you know, Eric, I as we talked, you know, I, I called you last week because I wanted to kind of tell you what I saw and invite you to come on. And as I watched the ceremonies as they were broadcast live from the Capitol Rotunda, I had to po- point to my wife and said, honey, there's Eric as, he, as you're walking in front of Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris. You you literally had a front row seat to the to the whole thing. What what was it like? What was that like for you? Yeah, it was, you know, on one hand, it was surreal uh, just to be there and have the opportunity to be a be a small part of it. Um, but it was also it, it was very it was very nice. You know, there is there are a few people, as you mentioned, in American history and certainly modern American history that deserve the kind of honor that he does. And so to have everybody from the president to the woman that you know helped clean his house uh there for all those events was was uh, very moving and and very well deserved and and very bob dole yeah i that's a great way of putting it and the comments the 
the comments from the different people, as, as you saw the people in attendance, they seemed very sincere, very genuine uh, you know, from all different sides of the aisles. I, I thought even and I, and I I think you'd have to probably count on one hand the positive things I've said about Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, but even even President Biden's comments were, I, I thought, very uh, complimentary. And seemed like they came from the heart. It's like he was talking about, and he was a guy he served with, but it seemed like he was talking about a friend that he'd lost. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, they'd known each other for a long time. And, and you know, that was the case also. I mean, Tom Daschle stood up there and talked about a guy that uh, Dole and Daschle butted heads about as much as anybody in Washington. But there was there was that mutual respect. And it wasn't a respect based off shared political views. No. It was respect that, that Dole was able to command, whether it was from Biden or from Daschle or from whoever. Because of the record of service, the record of accomplishment, and then also just I think the way that he approached disagreement and problem solving, it wasn't in a self-promotional way, probably to a fault. Uh, there's probably a lot of campaign staff that wish he was more self-promotional, but it was, it was in a way for the greater good. And I think, that, I think that commanded the respect from a lot of people. I'd say the other thing that I appreciated uh, from folks of both parties, and by the way, uh, of course, his daughter Robin gave a fantastic speech. Senator Pat Roberts gave a phenomenal eulogy, I thought, in, in Washington. And Marshall and Moran, same in Kansas. But I think the other thing is they never really got political. It was it was about the man. It was about his life. It was about their experiences with him. And, you know, when the president stands up and gives a eulogy and that sort of thing, you kind of hold your breath and think, oh, boy, what's going to happen? But I thought, kind of as you said, it was all very personal and, and – um, you know, again, a fitting honor for Senator Dole. It was interesting to see who attended, too. I mean, obviously, President Biden, Vice President Harris were in attendance with Bill Clinton, Tom Hanks. You know, most of Congress attended. Yeah. It, that was that that must have been something as well, just to see that that array of folks from Hollywood to, you know, all the power brokers, so to speak, all there to reflect on, you know, someone from Kansas. It, it, it really must have been an, an experience for you. It was, you know, I had been um, to other funerals in the National Cathedral, and so many times, uh, particularly when there's going to be a president in attendance, which is often the case, you have to get there a couple hours early, and you sit there for a long time. And so I've been to funerals there before where you just kind of sit there and, you know, for lack of a better term, you, you people watch. And, of course, this one was a little bit different. Um, you know, being, as you said, being a pallbearer in this one and coming in right when it started, it also just was – you know, and I think this is the case for a lot of Kansans. It was it was our friend, and so it was yeah. it, it was of course moving to have all those dignitaries there and all those important people take the time. Um, but at the end of the day, it was also a chance for a lot of us to to say goodbye to a good friend and great senator. And you got to spend three days with Laura Kelly. That must have been really inspiring for you. <laughs> I, uh, in the spirit of what I just said, I will not say anything mean, but I, yeah, I I'm going to stop that there, John. Uh, Eric, I know. I, I appreciated her. I appreciated her spending the time. I, I had to. I just, you know, I couldn't. It is a conservative talk radio show. I couldn't at least try to get one little jab in on her. You know, you, uh, I, I know you've known Bob Dole for over a decade I remember yeah. when I spent time with him at the Republican National Convention in Tampa. That's what going on 10 years ago. Despite, you know, his body's uh physical limitations, his mind 
was still sharp as a tack. He and my mother talked a little briefly at the convention. Yeah. That was the case even recently. I saw the video from your wedding. This was just a month ago. He he recorded a video for your wedding, right? I mean, it's, he, he was still witty and sharp despite cancer and his age and everything else, right? That's right. No, truly up until the very and through the very end, his mind was his mind was perfectly sharp. Um, you know, several times this year, obviously over the phone all the time, but several times in person, I was visiting him in D.C. and, you know, just stories on stories and, and also just great advice. Um, his mind was great all the way through, which is part of why it was, you know, still at 98. So sad to a lot of us who were close with him was he still was the guy, you know, that that Kansans knew. Um, one thing that I will say that somebody who has worked for him for a long time said, because kind of to your point, you know, his body, obviously, he's been paralyzed for the better part of 80 years. Um, and then obviously at stage four lung cancer, somebody who knew him so well said, as sad as I am, I'm glad he's I'm glad he's finally done with that body. And while that is the case and while, you know, um, that is a silver lining, also thank God for it because it is because of those wounds and those limitations that he became a U.S. senator and that he did so much. Um, and so, you know, like I, like you said, through the end, his mind was sharp uh, through his whole life when he probably should have just been a bitter, angry, half-paralyzed, wounded veteran. Uh, he turned that into – inspiration to help other people. I mean, there was no reason that he should have taken any interest in the life of somebody who was 71 years younger than him, like myself, um, but he did. And so there are so many lessons, including that sharpness through the end and working through the end and working to help people through the end. I mean, he frequently would say his goal in life was to make one person's life better every day. And that wasn't like some talking point that he came up with at 95. That is literally how he approached every day. And at the end of the day, he would he would kind of check himself on it. And so even doing that at 98 paralyzed and really people should have just been making sure he was doing well, uh, I think could be a lesson for all of us. No, it's a sweet commentary. I, I met him a number of times and it was always, and he, you know, he always seemed to remember you too. I don't know if, yeah. if Jerry Moran learned that from Bob because it's a <laughs> similar trait, but it was surprising how sharp that was and how he could remember you and he would pick up something uh, it, w it was really surprising. Uh, I know I have to let you go, but despite that bond, uh, I'm sure you now share with Laura Kelly. It uh, it should be noted you're the general consultant uh, on the Schmidt campaign. I haven't I did see Derek just the other day at that fundraiser with Governor Ricketts. But how's the campaign going? I know you've been actively involved in the campaign. Seems like things are going really well. I, I, I'm sure that'll disappoint Laura Kelly. Did you guys talk strategy? I mean, but no, how are things going? <laughs> the campaign is going very well. Derek Schmidt is a phenomenal candidate. He will be a phenomenal governor. He knows the issues like the back of his hand. And also, he doesn't stop. Uh, we have some tremendous leaders in the state of Kansas, and Derek Schmidt is as hardworking as any of them in terms of time spent on the road, time spent in the issues. Um, and I can almost hear over my shoulder my friend Senator Dole telling me to remind you that he also, before he passed, endorsed Derek Schmidt. Yep, I remember. Uh, <laughs> and uh, his common joke was, if I'm not around in 2022, I plan to vote absentee. Of course, we all heard at the funeral <laughs> – we all heard at the funeral that he said he imagined, you know, he's he's curious. He thinks heaven will look a lot like Kansas, and he's wondering if, like those who went before him, he can still vote in Chicago. <laughs> um, I think, I think he uh, 
will be casting his vote from above for Derek Schmidt. Uh, but no, the campaign is going very well. Uh, he will be a fantastic governor. Uh, he has united the party in a way that we haven't had the opportunity to see during the primary season for a long time. Uh, and while, you know, as the campaign guy, I'm excited for the next year of this campaign, I'm really excited for the eight years that, that follow this campaign and Derek Schmidt leading the Kansas comeback. Well, if uh, if he was a Democrat, then Bob Dole would be allowed to vote for him. That's see, that's how that works. Um, I did I did, I did note that that eight year comment by the way, and I hope you're right from from your lips to God's ears on that because we definitely need a, a reprieve from these last four. Uh, this, it's been an absolute disaster. If folks are interested, uh, it's SchmidtforKansas.com. And Eric, I appreciate you, brother. Congrats on the wedding. You've had a very busy month. Uh, with the with the wedding and then going up to D.C. for the funeral. I appreciate you spending time and uh, congratulations on that. And, and I'm just I'm very happy for you. Merry Christmas to you and your new bride as well, brother. Thank you, John. Merry Christmas. And thanks for taking the time to honor my friend and yours. Uh, absolutely, brother. Best of luck. Merry Christmas, my friend. We'll take a quick break. And then I want to hear from you. Our phones are open. 316-869-1330. Give us a call. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this. KNSSradio.com is connecting vets with our Veterans News and Salute to Service, a year-round effort to provide information and recognize the exceptional efforts of our military veterans. Read our Veterans News articles now at knssradio.com. Salute to Service is brought to you by Jimmy's Family Diner. What better way to shop than to shop local? Buy a $25 gift card and receive a $5 gift card free. The perfect gift for your family and friends, Jimmy's Family Diner. Do you suffer from the debilitating condition peripheral neuropathy? Are you dependent on drugs such as Lyrica, Gabapentin, or Cymbalta? Are you experiencing continual pain, numbness, and tingling? And have you waited so long that it's affecting your balance? If so, you need to stop what you're doing and listen. Dr. Andrew Roy, D.C. at Advanced Wellness and Rehab in Wichita can help. One issue that has long infuriated Dr. Roy is that many neuropathy sufferers are unaware of the potential side effects of the prescribed drugs. His gift is teaching patients how to reverse their neuropathy and live without the fear of the inevitable downward spiral created by the disease itself and by the typical drug cocktail approach. If you're tired of being victimized, taking endless drugs with serious side effects, please call 316-217-9223. We're hosting a free neuropathy seminar for you. Please call 316-217-9223. That's 217-9223. Call now to reserve your space. Hi, this is Kevin Frymeyer, Executive Director at Devastates Senior Living Community. Our mission is to empower our growing Devastates family by enriching the lives and hearts of the people we touch. So as we enter this holiday season, we're reminded to spark joy into the lives of our residents. A spark of joy, kindness, and compassion that grows within our community of dedicated staff to serve the elders who are entrusted to our care. On behalf of my team at Devastates, we want to remember the birth of our Savior by wishing you a blessed and Merry Christmas. Love. Love Steve and Ted in the morning. Love going to work in the morning. You need more than love. Imagine a beauty contest 
so marred by scandal that dozens of contestants are kicked out. That's what happened in the United Arab Emirates. Very competitive. There's a twist in this case. The contestants are camels. Saudi authorities ousted more than 40 hopefuls caught using Botox. Oh, well. I love you people. You'll love it. Steve and Ted in the morning on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. How to wrap presents. Start with tape, wrapping paper, a bow, and then you... You, um... You... Ask somebody else to wrap presents. How to stay informed this holiday season? With the amount of information they're coming out. Get news, traffic, and weather. They're ready to meet the demand for the holiday. Just don't ask me to wrap the presents. Stream KNSS anytime, anywhere, and on any device with the Odyssey app. It's the Dana Show. We are very different here in the United States. We are a bunch of honorary people. And when you, and it doesn't matter if you're born here, when you want to become part of the American family, you get the freedom virus and it changes your DNA. And all of a sudden you get so stubborn and so honorary. And that serves us all so well because the more stubborn you are, the least likely somebody's going to be able to roll you over. Dana Lash, weekdays from 11 until 2 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. It's the Dana Show. You can wear your stupid flare. You can put your stupid little dippy bumper stickers on your stupid little dippy whatever of EV. I don't care. The smallest issue of my life is more important than the biggest issue and what some progressive wants to virtue signal about climate change. My choice of whether or not I'm actually going to use the toothpaste I got because they were out of the other toothpaste I normally use is more of a pressing issue to me than some rando's thoughts on the sun heating the planet. Dana Lash. Weekdays from 11 until 2 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Make sure you stay informed with up-to-the-minute news while working from home, homeschooling the kids, working around the garage. Just download the Odyssey app or tell Alexa or Google Home to play KNSS Radio. And, of course, make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to stay informed on all the latest show updates. Uh, okay, so Dave, you know, we talk about... Christmas stuff, you know, we've been talking about this lately. I know before the show we were talking about different Christmas entertainment, things like that. Right. You know, my, we were about going to see the Nutcracker. Yeah. So if you happen to be traveling to Germany for your Christmas holiday, I don't know if you are, but no, if, not. if any listeners out there happen to be traveling to Germany for your Christmas holiday, there's a new woke Christmas show that you might want to check out. Okay. <laughs> What's involved? It, it's at the Bible, a uh, Bibble, Bibble House, Bibble House. Okay. Uh, it's a Bible museum in Frankfurt, Germany, and they're currently hosting the Gospel According to Jesus, Queen of Heaven. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a play that claims Jesus was a male who identified as a transgender female. The controversial oh. play was written by English transgender author Joe Clifford, a biological male who identifies as a woman. The play reimagines Jesus as a transsexual female. 
So there you go. Why? I don't know. I'm just what? telling Why? You. This is the new play. It's, it's in Germany. It's a German play okay. called The Gospel According to Jesus, Queen of Heaven. Wow. I, I'm predicting right now that's not going to do very well, John. I'm predicting it wouldn't do well in Wichita. That's it definitely Brandon do Whipple well might go, but that'd be about it. Oh. Well, you know, that reminds me, I've got a question for you when it comes to Christmas entertainment. Okay, it does not include the Queen of G- it Jesus, does not. Queen of Heaven. Okay. It does not, fortunately. Okay. Okay. Uh, we're done with that topic. <laughs> um, so, channel surfing the other night with my wife okay. and uh, came across one of my all-time favorite action movies, Die Hard. Yes. And this time of year, there's yep. always an argument that comes up among people. Okay. For is, the record, yes, it's a Christmas movie. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. It starts with Jingle Bell Rock. I absolutely agree with you. It's a great Well, your wife says it's not. They, yeah. Yeah. She's like, no, this is not a Christmas movie. Okay. So, it can't be. So let's flip it then. Okay. Is, say, Lethal Weapon a Christmas movie? I think it is. See, I don't know about that one. It doesn't have as much Christmas in it. It, it doesn't. There's Christmas it, all throughout Die Hard. But it does end with uh, Jingle Bell Rock, Bobby but he, Helms. But but he tapes the he tapes the gun to his back of his neck right. with Christmas tape. See that, have, <laughs> that 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 makes, officially makes that it a Christmas offic- movie. It look it's not Christmas <laughs> until Hans Gruber falls from the from the building. I'm with okay? you on that. that yes, that's yes. the beginning of Christmas. Hey, that's when, when you see Hans, Hans when Hans Gruber falls from Nakatomi right. Plaza. That's the beginning of Christmas right there. Right. That's you know the heck with Elf. It's <laughs> okay. How about how about It's a Wonderful Life then. You know, that's a good question. Because I say that's, what makes that a Christmas movie? Well, it's it? absolutely a Christmas movie. But I've had people who say it's yeah. not. I could go either way on that. It, it, look, I love that movie, and it may or may not make me cry. Okay, <laughs> may or may not as you tear up. Is, is, is it a one hundred percent Christmas movie? Yeah, you know. Is Gremlins a Christmas? No, movie? there's no way Gremlins oh, is a Christmas. Gremlins movie. is guy. It's a Christmas all in the guy with the with the, 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 the when the truck runs into the house and hits a Christmas tree. It's a, it's a Christmas that make, movie. Well, then, in, if you're going to use that, then you got to say Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie because a truck runs into the house and it's their <laughs> Christmas tree. Okay, you got me there. So, uh, okay, you know, you, you, you kind of got me on that one. But these are very important debates to have. These are important debates to have. I don't know. I, you know, if, okay, we'll see if the caller, if we get calls, okay. and we'll let them decide. We'll let our callers decide whether or not Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, Gremlins, whether or not they're Christmas movies. Now, when it comes to an absolute Christmas movie, John, do you have a favorite? Uh, it's a Wonderful Life has always been yeah. kind of my. I mean, that's you know, I, I like Elf. I gotta say that one's creeping up there. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes, that's. I mean, that's you, you've got to love that one, Cousin Eddie. I mean, that, that's classic. Much, that's a that classic. might be my favorite of all but time. I, for me, I'm an I'm a traditionalist. I'm an old fashioned guy, so right. I, I've got to say it's one of my wife loves the a christmas carol i was going to ask you about and, that and all versions of really that's like your favorite no, no 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 i mean all versions of okay so we have to watch and and when i get home i'm spending the night on the couch because i'm picking on her but literally we have to watch right if it's if there's like 20 versions of that and movie, every right? year i get to watch all 20 versions of it <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of versions of that, but uh, yeah. I, yeah, it's a classic. Uh, every one of them are classic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not every yeah. one. She loves them, though, and she will watch every yeah. version. <laughs> well, I mean, I her. can watch it once. Yeah. You know, what would you rather watch, John? Would you rather watch... Paint dry? 20... <laughs> 
Well, no. 20 not... versions of that, or would you rather watch the Hallmark Christmas Channel and watch all those movies uh, with I, her? I'd almost rather watch Jesus Queen of the <laughs> Queen of Heaven. It's not quite. Is it that, that bad? No, but no. I, I, some of them are good. I love the Patrick Stewart one. Okay, that's yeah, really that's good. good I like the George C. Scott one. Yeah, I that, think that's that my favorite version. Uh, that one or the Patrick Stewart one are kind of my favorites. Okay, those are um, both good. The the original one, the really really old one. Yeah, uh, the first one, I guess probably. Right. Not a real fan of that one. Yeah, I could see that. Um, but she loves them all. She'll watch them all. They're you know some are good. I the Muppets version one is good. That that's, is a good. That's one. also my speed. That's kind of dumbed down to <laughs> my here. my intelligence level. How can you not love the Muppets? <laughs> yeah, you I know? don't think she likes that one. That's the one she doesn't like. <laughs> Probably but not. You love it. I didn't care for the, the Jim Carrey one that he did yeah. animated one. That was I just didn't like Jim, that one pretty much Jim Carrey ruins most movies. He does. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I didn't really care for that one much. Okay. Um, but she loves. That's her favorite. That's if you her ask for a favorite, favorite, I would say it would be. It's a, the the Christmas Carol. Okay, well, so. you know, it's a classic. That's that's good. There's no debating on whether or not that's a Christmas movie. Oh no, no. Well, it's in the title, so yeah, right. you're kind of pretty much it's <laughs> that's, a Christmas Carol. That's is much it. which is why National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, because it's in the title. It's so that, the title. there it is. Okay, there that we answers have it. it. So okay. you know, if it said a Die Hard Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> of course, I don't know. What do I know? I mean, I'm, yeah. Who knows? Just change the title. Yes, we add. We, you add Christmas to the title, it makes yeah. it a Christmas movie. What about the old... Uh, oh, we forgot Home Alone. That's a great Home one. Alone, yes. That's a Christmas and movie. And I do like that one. I do, too. I do like that one. Makes me laugh out loud. That's a good one. That's a very good one. But the second one's not yeah. so good. And no. I, I've heard they made a third one. I, I didn't see anything I have after not seen... I, I, you know, the first one, classic. Yep. You know, still Absolutely. good. I, it's it's fun. And I don't know if you've seen the Netflix... Behind the or yes. at the movies version of that was pretty yes. good, very informative good. about how they did it. The fact they built the house, yes, they built the like, house for it. Right, so the whole thing is is a set, which I didn't realize. And which is kind of cool. And a lot of the stunts, you know, where they get the where Joe Pesci gets the iron to the head or whatever, they had to do like many many times. Yeah, yeah. And so these guys were in pain. Oh yeah, shooting Home Alone. Yeah, it was a great. I mean that, but that's <laughs> fascinating when you see some of yeah, those. It is. We're on a completely new tangent. We now. are. I don't. I don't know right how now. we got onto that tangent. No idea, but but it was good. Home Alone's a it's a classic. Yes. So, so there you go. We got, okay. Now we've come to some agreement. How we about agree. the, how about the Rankin Bass stuff? You know, Frosty and when I, that's not Rankin Bass, but you know, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Oh, the claymation stuff. The claim, yeah. Oh I yeah. Love absolutely. Those. I do too. I, I mean, nothing better than the Bumble and Bumble's bounce. By the way, do they? Yes. Didn't you see that? So that's one of my favorites, and my wife and I—that's one of our favorites too—is the Rudolph. Is, is love Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer? Burl Ives, Burl you know, Ives, is the oh, Snowman, Silver and Gold. There you I go. mean, yes, you gotta love those. Yeah, those I mean, are the best. Yeah, takes you back to being a kid. It does. Well, and I'm a kid at heart, so and and my intellect kind of bears that out. <laughs> Muppets. So. What can I, what can I say? <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll stick around because after the top of the hour, we're going to talk with Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts. You're listening to the John Whitmer Show. Oh, boy, I tell you, this is just totally devolved here. (laughs) You're listening to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.